Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Hello and welcome to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm your co-host, Pat Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. So happy you guys are here to join us. So much to talk about. I was um, looking in online. I almost said I was looking in the paper. Who, oh, my none, God. N- we, none of the things we've ever talked about are in the paper. Well, it's all stuff we see online, well, that's on the, our phones. Except that thing is... In the old days, you would like have the paper, you'd sit at your table, you'd do that little shake of the big paper, uh-huh. and you would read it, and yeah. you'd have your coffee, and it'd be amazing. But now, the articles are on the f- on online. You're hunched over, scrolling back. That generation, they leaned back in their chair I with loved, the paper, with a cup of coffee. There was nothing better than going downstairs and seeing my dad with the newspaper, and then I'd go, can I have the comics, can I have the comics? And he'd put it aside for mm-hmm. me, and it was so much fun. I'd get my silly putty, and then I'd squish it on the thing, and then you could see... <laughs> Did you do that? Uh, oh, the silly putty thing? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. On the comic pages. Yeah, and you stretch it out and you make uh, make Snoopy uh, look like a, a dachshund. Exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. Gosh, now the paper's the, now awesome. The, the, the daughter comes down and I'm sitting with my phone. I got my five-hour energy and she goes, Daddy, let me see some memes. It's not the same. <laughs> you not- can't put silly putty on a meme. <laughs> um, so during the hurricane, I love this so much. I don't even know why. Well, I'll tell you why in a second. During the hurricane, I guess in Texas or in on the beach somewhere as it was uh, rolling up, some guy, his name is Mark Metzger III, Ooh. was arrested because, and they shouldn't have arrested him. I mean, I get why they arrested him, but I'm just saying, I'm on your side, Mark. I love this. He dressed up like Michael Myers from the Halloween films <laughs> with the mask and the overalls, and he had a rubber knife, and he was just walking around on the beach as the... On the beach or in a graveyard? On the beach. He was just walking around on, on the, the beach. On the beach as... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A hurricane is blowing in, so there's people out on the beach. I guess, you know, there were a few surfers, I guess, trying to get some good waves before it got crazy. And there's just a guy, Michael Myers, out there in a hurricane. And then the police arrested him for disturbing the peace or whatever. I, I thought it looked so fantastic. And and anyone looking at the guy would say, I don't think he's going to actually start stabbing people. Although maybe if you were a serial killer, if you dress like Freddy or Jason, people go, oh, look at this silly. And then you could get up on someone and kill them. That'd be a great idea. Yeah. Dress like a serial killer to be a serial killer. But I'm going to- It would throw people off the track. Oh my gosh. If you dressed up, if you dressed up Freddy, Michael, or Jason, or Leatherface, and people would say- Or Pinhead, or so-and-so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, just- I'll keep going. Well, Or Cropsy from the Burning, or yeah. What's that one? Uh very early slasher film with a young Jason Alexander. 
Was he the slasher dude? No, he was one of the. In fact, I think he may he might have survived it. Could you imagine Jason Alexander as like a Michael Myers type? That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> um, but he got arrested, and I thought that um, I'll put pictures of this on the Instagram. I thought it looked fantastic. It's a it is a windswept rainy beach, and Michael Myers is walking. It around. sounds incredibly cinematic and amazing but also terrifying. Yes. And if I saw that, in fact, I have to tell you, the other day I had an appointment somewhere mm-hmm. and I was parked in the little parking structure and there was a guy mm-hmm. just sitting on the ledge like in front of the little parking structure and he had a, a hatchet and a mach- and like a big long sword. What? And they were real because he was just like clacking them together. He wasn't waving them at anyone. He was just like dancing with he wasn't dancing with them he was just waving them around like whoa i have a sword whoa i have an at a hatchet did he look crazy yes he looked crazy oh so so and okay i know you keep saying i'm a karen i'm so not i but i did <laughs> i was afraid to get out of my car right so i did there was a security guard there mm-hmm. but he wasn't he was like away he wasn't there so i called the police and i said listen this guy's not doing anything to hurt anyone. He's not going up to anyone. He's not doing anything right. bad. You weren't saying, come out here, guns blazing. No, I just said, listen, there's a guy, and he's got clearly a metal sword and a metal hatchet. Mm-hmm. He's not waving that. He's not threatening anyone. Right. But but maybe that's not a safe thing for someone to have. I don't know. I'm a little <laughs> bit scared to get out of the car. Can you please send someone? What if he runs at me? Yeah. Um, but Did it was they a, send someone? Uh, yeah, but the guy had left by then. Oh, okay. Anyway, it was really scary. Was the guy shirtless? No. Oh. That would have been cool, though. I was I was in Asheville, North Carolina doing a gig, and, and I was walking around during the day, and in some... And I have, an, I, have a, I have a picture of this. I'll put the picture on our Instagram. There were two shirtless dudes, but they didn't look crazy. Asheville is a very, very... I've been to Asheville. Very much like a hippie-style, Austin, Portland-style town in the middle of North Carolina, and these guys were in a small parking lot in between buildings, and they both had swords... And they were like fighting with swords, but it looked like they were actually training. To, in the middle of the day, two shirtless dudes in Asheville, North Carolina, fighting with swords. And I, at, hey, can I take your picture? And they said, absolutely. And the guy held the sword up, and they they are two shirtless hippie look hippies with swords. Which now that I think about it, that'd be an amazing movie, hippies with swords. Did you tell everyone about the Comic Con thing where Johnny Depp dressed up as a, a store bought Johnny Depp? I, Did you tell that? I don't know if I told this story, and I don't know if it's true. This is a story that I want to be true very, very badly. I'll tell it again very quickly. And uh, Kyle, if I told this, cut it out so that people don't think I'm losing my mind. But I hosted a thing at Comic-Con one year, Hall H, and uh, it was a thing, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. So I'm interviewing Tim Burton up on the stage, and then Johnny Depp walks out as a surprise. Everyone goes nuts. Great. Then we all go, we're backstage in the green room, and I hear Johnny talking to his assistant saying i'd like to go down to the floor and look at some art stuff and wow you really kind of just sounded like him <laughs> and uh the way you sound like he has that i'd like to go walk around and look at some of the drawings so <laughs> the assistant was like well you can't go down there you'll be mobbed you can't go down to the, the exhibition floor and this next part i don't know about the i don't know if this next part is true again i want it to be true I heard that either he or he, one of his assistants went out to one of those spirit halloween superstores bought an out of the bag Jack Sparrow costume, you one of the ones you buy like yeah. in the plastic bag. It's brilliant. He, he slapped it on, walked around. No one looked at him twice. I think we did tell this story. Are we getting okay. Alzheimer's? I think that I am. What do you mean getting? 
I think I know that's not funny to joke about because it is a serious thing. But dude, well, my brain you know cells. Let's just say that we are getting Alzheimer's so that we're allowed to joke about it. I don't think that. No, maybe we shouldn't say that. But what I will say is my brain is slowly deteriorating. Deteriorating. Slowly? Slowly. <laughs> you well, don't think it's slowly? You think it's speedy? Um, I think it's exponentially getting faster in both of us. I think stress causes your brain to not work stress and isolation and i also think i'm telling you and I, there's no there are no studies about this yet but i was uh told early on during the quarantine if you're on zoom calls do it so that you see the speaker talking and get yourself off the screen because it's psychologically bad to be looking at yourself talking while you're talking like it messes with your head a little bit i and, swear to god i'm having deja vu did we talk about this already oh my god <laughs> because um Yes, that's a good thing to do. That being said, we had a school Zoom the other day, mm -hmm. and all the parents had to be on the Zoom, mm -hmm. and you have resting um, grump face. Yes. And I'm always like- I do. I'm always like, you've got just a perpetual uh, yeah. upside down- when I, when I am sitting in, in peaceful serenity, I look mad, but I'm not. I'm happy. But that's just how my face falls. You're just shaped like that. It just looks like that. Yeah, you, that's how that's how my you, skull is shaped. That's how the skin hangs off my skull. Yeah, you have a perpetual frown. Perpetual frown. So I have to give you the elbow. The, yes. Well, I now I want to bookend the Michael Myers story with a heartwarming Michael Myers story, and, oh, let's and you hear can it. also see this video. I mean, I'll, I don't know how to yet post other videos on my Instagram when I'm doing multiple photographs. I'll, I'm going to learn how to again. Uh, listen to our podcast and listen to two 50-year-olds slowly how to learn learn how to use the internet oh and, my gosh. and the apps. Um, so there's this little girl who apparently- A little girl. I mean, I mean, she's six or seven years old. Okay, where? Where is this? Uh, I can't, I, I don't know where this is. It's somewhere in America, but it's a video of her birthday party and the, she loves Michael Myers, the killer from Halloween mm -hmm. with the mask and the overalls. Mm -hmm. So they- hired a guy to dress as Michael Myers to come to her party. And he he does it great. He shows up in the distance, like kind of just appears around the corner. And this little girl is so happy to see him. Everyone else is creeped out. <laughs> she runs up to him. She goes, I love you. And then he picks her up oh and like God. gives her this hug. It is, oh, that's so she cute. either has seen the Halloween films and thinks that they're fun or whatever, or doesn't really know what it is he does, but loves how he looks, the mask and the overalls. And she just loves him. And this is a video we can find? Yes, it's all, I mean, it's all over the internet. It's her, her for her birthday party, goes, I want Michael, My you know, kids go, I want Spider-Man to come, or yes. I want Batman to come. I guess they called the company and said, we have a little girl and she loves Michael Myers. Do you, and they said, yeah, we have a guy we can dress like Michael Myers. Do you want to know who up. I wanted to come to my seventh grade birthday? Who? Seventh year, seven year old birthday? Who? Sean Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> I had did a they, Sean Cassidy themed birthday party. Did, and I Did they hire a guy to dress like Sean Cassidy? No, nobody came. No. But, you know, I got the Sean Cassidy record and the poster right. and all that stuff. So you guys hung poster. Were there, was that, is this when he was on the Hardy Boys Mysteries? Wasn't yeah. he and, who's the other guy? Um, I don't know, but I did a movie with the other guy. He played my husband. It was a he was pretty famous. It was Hardy yeah, Boy Mystery. Super cute. Great opening credit sequence, by the way. The seventies had the best opening credit sequence. Oh my god, for you shows. guys are like they're talking about the seventies. Well, again. yeah, again, yeah. But wait to wait to hold on to your youth, man. But hang but hang on. So nobody came dressed as Sean Cassidy. No. And also, by the way, I did get the Sean Cassidy poster, but I was never one of those kids who had posters in their room. Really? Never. Oh. 
Oh. Nope. But the po- you got the poster as a birthday present. Yeah, I just liked having it. And you I guys didn't. played all, you played his album. Yeah. The, the Do Run, 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 and mm-hmm. whatever else he sang. That same birthday. Oh, wait a minute. Oh my God, you guys are going to freak out. Oh dear. You're going to die. Listen. Don't I, overhype this. I am hyping it. Oh. Um, that same birthday, I think it was my eighth birthday, actually, not my seventh. Right. I also got my first and only diary. Oh. And it's a Hello Kitty diary. And the first page. Wait, wait, stop. They had Hello Kitty back then? I think Hello Kitty started in like 1977. Or maybe 1975. It was a 90s thing, but go ahead. Oh, my goodness. No. I, that's what I thought. I don't know. No, you don't know. How do I know? You don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I got a. Hello Kitty <laughs> diary. And yeah. on the first page, I say, today is my eighth birthday. It's a Sean Cassidy party. And I got this diary. And I'm going to take a picture of it. And I will put it up on the Instagram. You still have the diary. I Because ha- I still write in it occasionally. Okay. Like when I was 30, I wrote, I just had my first cup of coffee with my future husband. And then it has like a X, <laughs> like X, X'd it out. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So you can see by what you cross out that, oh, yeah, this isn't working. <laughs> well, that was the only one that I predicted my own marriage. <laughs> I had one date with this guy. Um, very nice guy. Still friends with him today. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Nice Jewish boy. Mm-hmm. Comedian. It's, it was actually Mark Feuerstein. I'll just sell, tell everybody that. But mm-hmm. I didn't end up marrying him. Oh. What went so horribly wrong? I don't think he liked me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like the perfect. He was like. My mom, you know, marry a nice Jewish boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, he just seemed like a. And then you married a fat neo-Nazi. I feel terrible. <laughs> so I don't know where your life went wrong. Well, anyway, that was a wonderful uh, b- pair of Michael Meyer stories with a uh, little Sean Cassidy cream filling in there for you guys. So we'll be right back. Well, so I texted you something. Yeah, what? Uh, I hope you read it. It's this weirdly, okay, I feel strange talking about this because it is an article about Donald Trump, but this is not me uh, marking on him or making fun of him. This was a a weirdly, even though the article was put out as, as a way to make him look bad, this actually, I am going against the flow on this, and I actually think this humanizes him, and it made me like him the a tiny, tiny bit, even though I still loathe him, it humanized him for me in a very weird way. Um, was it Jimmy Fallon messing up his hair? No, no, God, no, 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 no. There's all these revelations coming out. Uh, again, more memoirs, Mark Millian, all these people. Apparently, on the White House staff, they had a guy called the Music Man. Have you <laughs> heard about the Music Man? No. Whenever Trump would really start to spin out and they thought he would do something rash and crazy, this is a real thing. There was a guy, I don't know the guy's name, I'll look it up, and this guy was called the Music Man. He would come in and he would play music that Donald liked, specifically Broadway show tunes that would calm him down. Oh my God. And bring him back down to earth. And the one that he really, really liked that they would play. Wait, you did send me this article and I did read it and now I'm forgetting what the- It was the- song memories from oh yes cats. I, what the heck that so again this guy who you know we, we find out you know like mark milley had to go and tell that that his his opposite number in china memories. that no we're not having a nuclear war don't worry about the you know nixon very famously would get drunk in the white house and then tell the joint chiefs to to nuke vietnam and they would say let him sleep it off so they had this guy that they knew he would do something crazy 
they would run a guy in and play a song. That is so weird. Con- it is, well. It's so weird. It's, listen, listen. Because if I were mad and I knew that everyone knew, like, the way to make me not mad was to come in and do the thing that makes me not mad, I'd get even more mad. But the thing is, I think he was such a narcissist that he thought no one knew except him and the music guy. Oh, like, suddenly he And it was the whole loyalty thing. He's like a bear. Wait, is it the bear in the woods? You calm him down with music? Is that what it... Or the monster or something? something. Yeah, you play violin for Frankenstein. In Bride of Frankenstein. Exactly, that's what it is. But I'm in my day-to-day existence when I get, there are moments when I've gotten crazy stressed out or I've gotten, I'm exhausted or I'm doing a movie or whatever, I will ask for it. Let me, can I just go sit and put my earbuds in? And there's, I have a little mix of songs that I play to chill me out and get me even, I feel like all the things that, that it shows you how fucked up our culture is now. That thing, which to me is a very humanizing, very real, relatable thing. Yeah. They would think if this gets out, Oh. That's gonna, and you're like, no, that actually makes him feel to me like the tiniest bit less of a monster, even though he's still a monster. Does that make sense? Like, do you have a calm down you know song that you is, go baby? to? Do you have a go to song? I think that when you think of that, you're like, wow, I relate to that a little bit, but it doesn't make you like him more. It doesn't make no, you no, no, like no. him more. It just I, makes you saying, re- a little slightly bit. Re- that I, I, I don't even, that, that was a bad way for me to put it. Yeah. It doesn't make me like him more. It just makes me. Think of him as less of a douchebag. And I'm not talking like the tiniest sliver less of a well, douchebag. what that's, see, here's the thing. There's a damaged human heart in there. Yes, but I think of him like that always. There are two sides to him. The evil, horrible, corrupt guy who doesn't right. play, pay his people, who's narcissistic and speaks badly to women and yeah. a complete misogynist asshole, you know, ruining the world. And then it's like, his father didn't love him. The, the, all these things that like little Donnie Jr. And like how yeah. he, and it's sort of, you, I feel sorry for this pathetic creature, but I yeah. also find him vile and disgusting. There's a lot of people who had those moments, but, but he's so horrific. No, I know. But it, it's amazing to me that when you see someone who's horrific and then you find out a detail about them that is being presented as if, if you thought he was bad, wait till you hear this and you hear it and go, well, no, that actually makes me like him a little bit. That That's more human to me. But it doesn't make you me. like him a little bit. Not a little bit. It makes me loathe him less. It That to me is not a, that is not no, a shit it, against him. No, it just is a fact that you found endearing in some way, but you yes. don't like him in any way better. No, no, no. That, again, I'm uh-huh. phrasing I'm phrasing it wrong. I'm just saying. Okay, let's move on. It, well, no, no, but I'm getting into the, the idea. There's this great quote by a writer named Gerald Kirsch, which is, there are certain men that you hate until you glimpse through a chink in their armor something nailed down and writhing in pain. And that, to me, feels like that moment where you look inside and I just want to listen to memories from cats mm-hmm. and make the rest of the world go away. Like, you're, and like, do you have a, like a calm down song or a well, play I, me something? What do you, you do when you're stressed besides weed? My wife likes pot. My wife likes pot. Like, don't, would, don't say that. There's my parents are listening to this. Are they? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Um, my dad might listen to this. Mm. My mom definitely doesn't. Yeah. So I can say anything I want about her. <laughs> Just kidding. My mom's awesome. Um, I 
Well, I have a playlist. I've already said this for work when I have to cry. I have a whole list of songs that make me oh, cry. Oh, that get you ready to, That yeah. get me ready to, for my big dramatic scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I have, I'll tell you something. I was super stressed the other day and I, I'm from Malibu. My dad still lives in the house that I was mm-hmm. born and raised in and I was driving out to Malibu to see him. Mm-hmm. And when I got in my car, I turned on the radio and I can't remember what song it was. Right. Clearly it was something from 70s on 7. Uh-huh. And suddenly all the tension just came out of my neck and I was like, oh, okay, I, I give myself this hour to just enjoy the music until I get, but also going out to my dad's makes me feel relaxed anyway, so. You ever have something make you, like give you a catharsis, but it, it has more to do with the situation that you're in, that's what's making you cry, rather, but now you realize, oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bond to this either song or piece of art that shouldn't I shouldn't be bonding to that's actually making me feel better. Like you're embarrassed that this thing is helping you out. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I'll give you an example. Back in 2000, uh, I broke up with a girl I'd been seeing, and <gasps> it was girl? really, it was really, really heartbreaking. And um, and I was, you know, just how long were you dating her? Six years. <gasps> six so, years. Were you engaged? No, but it really, really hurt. And then I thought I was going to, I, I thought a romance was was starting with this other girl, this other woman that I knew. And was it? I well, it sort of was in LA and then she moved to New York. And when I went to New York, she had clearly changed her mind as she's allowed to do, but it really like hurt. It just felt like I, I had that. I, and then I remember I was returning. From, wait, so, wait, 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 It's so embarrassing. These are two things. You had, you were breaking I'd up. I'd gone through this breakup and then I was like, and well, then I'm alone. I'm real sad. But then after about a year, I met this other girl and was like, oh, maybe there's a chant. Maybe, th- maybe there's, okay, maybe I can move forward. And then when that didn't happen, it, it was that crushing global feeling of you will always be alone there is no one for you so it really felt um existentially sad Uh, just so you know i i thought that for myself as well you will always be alone there is no one everyone everyone goes to that you know at some point and i was (laughs) not that just because you know yeah none of them are good enough babe i was i was that's okay i was flying so i'm flying back from new york after this thing completely fizzles that i thought would be you Mm -hmm. know this new love that might you know, flourish, flourish. And I'm just, I just don't want to live basically. And, Aww. um, for some reason, God, this, is, the, this is back when they would give you the, the, the movie, which there was a little screen on the seat in front of you. And it wasn't like there was channels. It just showed whatever movie was on the screen. That's what was on. Uh-huh. And I needed something to distract me. So I put my headphones in and it was, um, uh, Legally Blonde, the mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon movie, and I'm watching it, and she goes, this guy breaks up with her, and she goes through this heartache, but she learns to believe in herself, mm-hmm. and at the end, and at the end, they're playing this, this song called Perfect Day, which I think is like some one-hit wonder by some band. It's a very peppy, bouncy song, and it's like, I was literally going, yeah, I think I might actually make it. Like, if, she, <laughs> oh, if Elle could do it, then maybe I can. And I'm, but I'm, But I'm sitting on the plane going, I am almost <laughs> crying because of the movie Legally Blonde and because of this fucking song. And whenever I hear that song, which again, it's a very fun pop song. It's nothing to base your life or stake your soul on. But because of the memory that I have linked to it, it makes me go, yeah, things are going to be okay. That fucking song. There, I do have a song that makes me oh. feel more myself. Mm-hmm. Like when I get too stressed and then I get crazy. And What's that one? It's 
crazy. It's ca- it's by a band called Satchel, and the song is called Suffering, and mm-hmm. it was in the movie Beautiful Girls that Ted Demi directed. Oh. Um, and it's literally one of my favorite songs. And But the tone of his voice is so grounded mm-hmm. that it kind of grounds me because sometimes I'm like... Right, right. And I... I don't, I need to get grounded sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't need to get grounded. I need to be dragged up out of whatever depth I put myself oh, in. Oh, I fly too high and I need to get yeah. pulled down. So the thing with me is. Like, I don't need like, to get pulled down. I need to be grounded. My pull up song, uh, my go-to song is Johnny Nash's I Can See Clearly Now. That is always. Oh my a, God, okay. that song is annoying. Doesn't, doesn't make me. I can see clearly. Really? Can I just oh, say. I love that song. Um, I oh. always, this is, every time I hear that song, I have this one image. You're going to laugh at me. Wait, hear me here. This is so dumb. This is so dumb. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say it, but I'm going to say it because you guys, Go ahead. you guys get me. Yeah. All I can picture is sitting at a baseball game, like a mm-hmm. Dodgers game. Right. And there's this huge lady sitting in front of me that I can't see over. Like she's super tall. She's really big. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm like looking to either side like it's hard i'm you know being a short person anyone who's in front of you like blocks sure. your view and that's annoying so yeah. for some reason i knew that the woman in front of me <laughs> like she had a name tag on it and said lorraine oh, <laughs> this is the sweatiest and so every longest <laughs> walk sorry. for the most <laughs> sorry literal interpretation i know it, can we not even bother to finish this please can Sorry. we just not even bother? But that's funny, right? No. But, okay, fine. It's but, really not. Okay, but anytime I hear that song, that's the visual that pops up in my head. And by the way, I don't want listen. Look, I have really good songs that inspire me. Just that inspire one little me, clip. But but I will admit that the goddamn song "Perfect Day" at the for the end credits of "Legally Blonde" because of the emotional state I was in when I heard it mm-hmm. is this weird. Go to, okay, everything will be okay. But song. now tell them about the song that you cried to in 27 Dresses. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what was, wait a minute, what was 27? Was that? I think it was someone who was a bridesmaid all the time. And she had like 20. Was that a J-Lo movie? No, I think it was a Catherine Heigl movie. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. I really don't there know. There was that whole string of, mo- of rom-coms where it, it's a white poster with red lettering and it was all the same, like same font, same kind of. You know what we haven't had in a long time? <laughs> there hasn't been a romantic comedy in a long time. Do you think like just a fun one? Do you think like since Trump or since COVID, we have not had a romantic comedy? Like where it is Sandra? Feels a little I feel weird. like yeah. where is Sandra Bullock when we need her? Yeah, where is Sandra? I want her. I want to see her make me. Ha- I want her to. <laughs> I want to see her make me happy. I love Sandra Bullock. I also a lot of people my whole life told me I kind of look like her. Um, oh. but she's so adorable yeah. and funny and I could use a Sandra Bullock movie right now just as a palate cleanser. Um, there hasn't been a good, a good frothy no. fun no. rom-com. Uh-uh. Just a dumb, cute rom-com. Yeah. That, that's, st- that's still kind of sweet. Yeah. Look, I mean, the, look, the, I, I like the darkest movies on the planet, but then again, also, a movie like Doc Hollywood is really, really sweet. Oh, I and, love Doc Hollywood. Um, there's a movie called... My friend Julie Warner was in that movie. Oh, you know Julie Warner? Yeah, She's yeah. amazing in that. She's the cutest. So funny. Um, and then also, there's a there's a rom-com with Jason Sudeikis and um, Alison Brie called um, Sleeping With Other People that is came and went under the radar, and it's so good. So genuinely brilliant. My favorite... Well, this What's your favorite rom-com? Well, it wouldn't fall into rom-com category because it was from the 70s, of course. Maybe it was the 80s. But my favorite movie of all time, 
Smokey and the Bandit. It's, I mean, no, it's, wait, it's, first of all, me cute. Midnight Run is my favorite movie of all time. Not but a rom-com. Not a rom-com. But well, it it's a, actually, it's a, it's a romance between the it's two a, of them. It's a bromance it's comedy. It's a romance. It's a total bromance. But Smokey and the Bandit is my basically favorite. You know, it's a really weird rom-com when you watch it again. It's a brilliant movie anyway, but it's, it's genuinely a, a romance is the Steve Martin movie, All of Me, is one of the weirdest romances. And also The Jerk. But that's not like that's a that's an absurdist fun. Okay, that's a great, but, but that all once, of me like has genuine. It's goofy and that funny. Lily Tomlin. Yeah, but then when she realizes like, I've never had any friends. Just please make me not dead. And he's like, I can't do that. All I can do is try to like help you move on. And then she like, it just okay, again, spoiler alert. But but no, that's not how the movie ends though. That that's in the middle of the movie. Oh, anyway. And I mean, it comes out of nowhere because you're like, it's this really goofy, he's possessed by her, so she controls half his body, and it's a brilliant physical performance. But then when they have time to settle down and she realizes, I'm really dead. Like, this is terrible. What do we do? And like, I can't believe the movie's going here. And then it ends up being really, really funny. And sweet. And genuinely sweet. Well, and they really fall in love. That's why I like The Jerk so much because there's that one scene where Bernadette Peters is, he's playing the ukulele and she's singing, <laughs> I know, I That's know right. you belong <clears throat> to some. And then she brings out a trumpet. And that's the best part. It's so good. I love that scene. And Yay. by the way, Alice is um, learning to play that song on the ukulele. Oh. We actually have video of her. Maybe we'll post it. Did you see the picture of Bernadette Peters at the Tonys this year? Could she be hotter? Holy crap. Her body she looks just, like a 20-year-old. She has an age. She looks stunning. She looks she looks like a 20-year-old. Yeah. That just was like, I got invited to the Tonys. I don't know what this is. Just this hot 20-year-old that they hired as an atmosphere model or something. She. Good God. She was in the first movie I ever did. The movie Annie. Oh, that's right. That's right. She, she was Rooster's, Rooster's girlfriend. girlfriend. yeah. Miss Hannigan's brother, Rooster. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend. Played trying by to, Tim Curry. Trying to. Get Annie with Hell a yeah. fake locket. The fake locket. Annie is the key. All right. Um, okay, I just got to let you guys know, before we started this segment, I was like, <laughs> do you have something to talk about? She goes, I do, but chime in, as if I'm going to just sit here eerily looking at her while she talks and never, that's the dumbest direction I've ever gotten. Okay, hey, I'm going to try to chime in during this next segment. So, hey, we have a podcast together. You, you want to chime in? You want to say something? <laughs> Um, well, sometimes I have no chime in in me. Sometimes. Really? Well, there are times. You've always had something to say. I mean, usually I do. Yeah. I've never been known not to speak. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. My dad often, when I was little, uh, would refer to me as mouth occasionally just because I talked so much when I was a little kid. Hey, mouth? What? Hey, mouth. It's just really mean. What is he, a 30s gang boss? Hey, hey, hey mouth. mouth. Like, hey, bro. flat top, get in here. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to tell you uh-huh. that I have been. You pro- this probably happened for you last year, but for me, it's happening this year. I okay. keep getting emails from my college that I went to right. um, talking about writing for the college class report, which is oh. like a yearbook. Of, yeah. It's a yearbook. No, I, I get the and, magazine and, for my college. And I have the, the year reports. Everyone does. Yeah, the but this yeah. is the, our 30th year anniversary of college. Oh. And so our big reunion is June 2022 and they keep sending this thing like please write something for the class report right and there are so many amazing brilliant people who went to my school Mm -hmm. and they all have these incredibly interesting 
important stories like, well, I worked in the Obama administration mm -hmm. from these dates. And I, you know, when I was running the whatever, mm -hmm. being head of, of pediatrics at Mass General. Right. Um, being head of Goldman Sachs in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, and so for all these years, I was like, and they do it every year, but this is the 30th year. Right. So like it's longer, I guess. Yeah, it's a milestone. It's a milestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they want you to write some stuff. Right. So what are you going to write? Are you going to write? Well, here's the thing. I feel like I should. Yeah. Because I haven't. And for so many years, the reason I hadn't was because what am I going to do? Catch me on Dawson's Creek. <laughs> like, what are you going to say? Uh, I have a movie coming out. Like, who cares? Right. It's boring. It's not interesting. I didn't mm -hmm. get married. I didn't have kids. Mm -hmm. um, but... But the, now things have gone crazy. But now there's just ridiculous amounts on you my plate. You have a house with a microwave oven. Write about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I could write about plumbers and people fixing the garage because the cable's going to break on your car. And That'd be hilarious if your update is just <laughs> about one day in your life. Well, this morning, th this morning, these plumbers are supposed to be here at 9. They show up at 9.15, and I'm already on the phone uh, with this Zoom. They're already supposed to be working. So that went, you know, like the whole thing is just you complaining about yeah, I had the to workman at the house. Oh, this morning I had a creative brainstorm for my friend's music video, which is true. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine wrote a children's book mm -hmm. and she emailed everyone and was like, buy my children's book and, and give it five stars. And I've read it before, so it's worthy of five stars. But mm -hmm. I did that. And that same friend then then had an audition for something and I had to put her on tape. <laughs> then I had a plumber come to fix drains. I had these garage guys to fix the garage. I had, oh, I'm organizing a fundraiser, which I'm very excited about, yeah. with Katie Porter, who is the most fabulous person on the that planet. That should be what you write. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> you write a list? Write it like that, as if you're just... Like, oh, what am I doing today? Well, here's what I'm doing today. And then just boom. Yeah, my that. niece is coming for dinner tonight and I don't know how to make rice. <laughs> like, what am I going to say? <laughs> We're switching to solar panels. Oh, you should absolutely write it this way. That should be your update. Oh, my gosh. That'd be hilarious. Then I had to catch my kid. That is funny. Maybe yeah. I should do that. You totally should. Because there's a lot going. There's other stuff. There's so much stuff, babe. But I never had. But it will be funny to. To yeah. juxtapose against what everyone else is writing, you're just going, you think you guys are busy. Let me tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're like solving nuclear fission oh, or whatever. Stop it. No, they're not. No one is solving. Fi well, yeah. fission's been solved. Fusion hasn't. Right, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, I, gotta, I know what you're saying. I have a bunch of smart friends, and for so long, it's like, I'm just a dumb <clears throat> actress. Oh, stop. Would you stop it? I'm just saying. All right. Like, nobody cares. I mean, they might actually, it's hilarious because my friends are all like, you live, this is in, you know, in my twenties, they're like, you live such an amazing life. You get to hang out and do, and I'm like, I'm doing nothing. I'm doing. For the first decade after I graduated college, my, if I had written it up, they would have been like, well, I'm featuring at Cranberries out in West <laughs> Virginia this weekend. And, uh, yeah. the, the, the manager says I can get, uh, some free potato skins if I, uh, <laughs> if I, if I do a raffle in my the college show, roommates like, are so nothing. brilliant. My, one of my college roommates was like head of Goldman Sachs in Hong Kong. She lived there for a billion years. So she's evil. No, no, no. She's, no, she wasn't head of Goldman Sachs. She worked at Goldman Sachs. She's a very smart girl with, you uh -huh. know, she knows how to do that stuff. Okay. She was on a water polo team and people were like, wait a minute, I just lied. It was a swim team. She was oh. on a swim team. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of um, schools get recruiters from these big places to come to smart colleges and look at kids on teams first because they're team players. And she was like uh -huh. an amazing, she was like, the best person on her swim team and then she's so smart and like totally friendly and personable and of course she got recruited first out of anyone 
And then there's my other college roommate who's drop dead gorgeous and like head of pediatrics at Mass General. Damn. And and then they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing an independent movie in Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to keep my dental right now. And uh, I bought uh, a new Swiffer for my apartment. But so it that's is very exciting. exciting. But but here's the thing. All of a sudden, I feel like there's so there's a there's a cornucopia of fabulousness happening in my life right now. And I'm very... You need to use the phrase cornucopia of fabulousness <laughs> in your update. But then just have it be that stuff. Right, That'd but, be hilarious. But don't even mention the fundraiser. It should all be no, workmen are coming over. No, I don't know how to make rice. No, my my cat, I, my cat's chasing a moth. I'm trying to calm her down. But it's the first time that I ever actually am like, not that I wasn't, not that I'm not super proud of being an actress and the things I've done because I am. You shouldn't be. It's a horrible profession. Oh my god, I'm proud. You be of, so ashamed. Yeah. You put on dead people's hair and face paint and pretend for a living. It's shameful. Well, you might pretend, but I inhabit the character and I tell the truth of that character. So why don't you go be whatever? But it's the first time that I actually can like let my people know. Look, 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 look I'm not just a schlub. Tell my story. Tell my story. And this all just really happened. Things just started changing for me. Not since we got married, but like in the last two years, like since COVID, all these new exciting um, parts of Guys, my career. Now, now that the world shut down. <laughs> the world shut down, but career opportunities <laughs> sprang. Folks, there's 600,000 people dead, but let me tell you about the new roads that have been opened up. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it sucked for most people. It was like the first time things actually fell into place for me. So why don't you fucking smile and say I'm proud of you and I'm happy for all the amazing things you're doing for the world. I am proud of you. You're doing amazing stuff. You're organizing everything. You're God, good God. That The stuff that you're organizing for our daughter alone would break my brain. I mean, geez Louise, getting yeah. her ready to apply to 7th through 12th and oh, all the essays everyone has to write. And uh, being a mom is a lot of work. And we only have one. I have friends who have three kids and they're like, one of my dear friends is a nurse and has three kids. God. Like, how can she do it all? And she's amazing. What about the head of uh, pediatrics at Mass Gen? How many? She kids? has four freaking kids. What? Yes. And they're all drop dead gorgeous. And the oldest one is now at Harvard. And it's like, how is someone this blessed? When I went to my 10 year high school reunion, I had a lot of um, uh, cliches about high school reunions got, got busted. And then some got held up. And I'm not going to name names. But uh, suffice to say, Sean our, Greenblatt said, <laughs> "Our homecoming queen." Now, the cliche about high school reunions is you go back, and the homecoming queen has now is not pretty anymore, and she's bitter, and she peaked in high school. Whatever. Our homecoming queen uh, is a district attorney in North Carolina, and has not aged. Has not aged, and I went to our thirtieth. And she still hadn't aged. It is insane. And this other girl who in high school was drop dead gorgeous. Um, she also aged. no. Did, not only did she not age, she she was on the homecoming court. I believe she's a neurosurgeon. Oh my god! So you're like what? But then uh, another uh, person who I'm not going to say if this is a a, a male or a female because I really don't want to embarrass anyone but they this person was everyone's drug connection that that's where you went to get your uh weed and other hi pharmaceuticals. woody harrelson and um 
And I, when I saw them again, I thought they were still in that mode and was like, hey, motherfucker, how you doing? And they introduced me to their spouse with whom they do missionary work <gasps> in Russia. They are complete born again, cleaned up. Or are they spies? <laughs> are they Russian spies? I, no. Oh my God, yes, they are. I, so, and, and this... Oh no, there's there's things I can't say. But but again, that cliche of the crazy party hurricane who is now completely clean and sober and born again and that so watching those watching the one cliche get busted and the one cliche really get held up was wonderful. Well, then all those hot blondes in high school that were so pretty didn't turn out so great later, but like the chubby little redhead is a stunner now. Huh? I'm just saying, you know, like in high school, the boys mm -hmm. all liked like these three blonde girls. Oh. And they didn't, you know, they didn't age as well as the like chubby and maybe considered unattractive girl in high school who's now literally stunning and running the show. Right. But what I'm saying is our homecoming queen and her court member who were stunning in high school, genuinely stunning. Are still stunning and even better. Not only are they stunning, one of them is a district attorney, one of them is a neurosurgeon. So there you go. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes life ain't fair, folks. Yeah, you're just a dumb old comedian who used to eat Top Ramen, <laughs> sharing an apartment with seven of your stinky comic book friends. Although it was interesting to see a couple of the Queen Bee girls who had not aged well, but were still acting as, like when I would walk up and say hello, just because I wanted to say hi to everybody, and they would act like I was bothering them in the hallway like we were back in high school again. I'm like, no, no, I'm being nice to you right now. I'm just coming Wait up to say second. hi. Don't... Were they still mean to you? It wasn't they were mean. It was just that kind of, oh, hi. Yeah, like, oh, like, like, like okay. Acting like you're not important? Not, not just not important, just like, just let me scan the room and figure out where the, the right. real status is. And I'm like, anyone walking up to you right now is being nice to you. No one is trying to I have a question get for with you, you anymore. Um, Cause you're a nerdy dude mm -hmm. and it's adorable and I love it. <laughs> but when you were in high school and mm -hmm. or little and looking the nerdy way you looked, yeah. were, were people mean to you back then that now that they, that you've become like this comedian guy who's successful, do they treat you different? Or you're like, oh man, I'm sorry I was mean to you when you were little. I, you know, when I went to, this was really cool. When I went to my 10 year reunion, cause I was also like, I got bullied and I also was, I was also mean to people. So <gasps> you yeah, were cause, mean to people? Cause, every, cause the bullied, bullied people kick down when you're young and you're frightened, Aww. you kick down and then you got to get older and decide, wait a minute, I've got to decide not to be that way. But that's a thing that happens, unfortunately, oh, you know, when you're, when you get beaten up, when you get abused, you tend to, um, man hands on misery to man. Um, oh. Uh, so, uh, I was a, I was a protector of those who were bullied. Like if I saw someone being bullied, I'd be like, I'd go up to the bully and I'd, um, you know, attempt to uh, make I, them feel like shit for bullying someone. I would not. And that, and I still regret and have a lot of problems with that, remembering that shit. But what the, the good thing was when I got to the 10 year reunion for the most part, and it was all unspoken, but everybody was suddenly on the same level and, and and there was an unspoken thing of like, what the hell was that all about? Like we were all in such an unnatural situation thrown together while our hormones are going crazy, we're all nuts. And so, no, obviously the person that you met in high school is not who I am now. That mm -hmm. was, you know, it was, it was an unnatural pairing. And so you'd saw a lot of, you know, a lot of the ex jocks, a lot of the bullies were totally chill and calm now. So it just, there was this, unspoken forgiveness of like, hey, it, 
everyone's bad. It was everyone's bad. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. And, and, and it was weird to see there were a couple of holdouts, but even the holdouts, nobody called them on it. They're just like, oh, that's sad. They're still in that, like, they locked into that year, and that's where they're going to be forever. But most people had evolved and moved on. It was I, nice. I think most people tend to usually evolve into yeah. a better version of themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's rare when you see someone who really aggressively decides, to, I'm staying, the, the year that I was at my peak, I'm staying in that year. Yeah, and, 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 and going to be continually angry to anything that challenges that. Exactly. And, and again, that I even have sympathy for that because that comes out of fear and confusion. Yeah. That's where that's coming from. You know how when you talk, people notice like something you say all the time that you just like say all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what you say all the time? What? And again, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, and again, but like you'll say it before you ever said the original thing. You'll, you'll say. <laughs> I do? Yeah, you say again a lot. Oh, wow. But I noticed that I say annoying. Not that that's annoying. I'm just saying. That isn't. Well, it's not. It's, a, not. it's not annoying. Is it annoying or is it a weird mental tick where in my head, I've already run it through my head? And again. In my mind. Yeah. I haven't said it yet, but well, I think I have. Right. But I also think we probably have talked about everything already. And so these topics, not like this particular thing, mm -hmm. but in general, you're your general vibe of how you look at the world so that you say, and again, this is not a bad situation, like that kind of thing. We're running out of things to talk about. We'll be back. All right, let's listen to and answer some speak pipes. Hi, Meredith and Patton. This is Jen Harris. I am a food writer in LA. Uh, and I was at a restaurant the other night and they had posted a big sign out front that read, most of our staff are new, please be nice to them. And I just found this so heartbreaking and maddening that this business felt the need to do this. Uh, and I guess I just want to know what you guys think of what's happening in the restaurant world uh, right now and the challenges people in hospitality are facing. Um, and I guess, are we at that point where businesses, not just restaurants, but retail too, where they need to post a sign outside pleading with customers to be decent human beings? Anyways, thanks for listening. Hope you guys stay well. Wow. That was a great question, Jen. Oh, um, and totally important and awful. Yeah. People are, people are telling, uh, putting signs up like, please be kind to our wait staff. Please be kind. We've never in the history of time ever had to remind people to be kind to each other until recently. Um, well, I, because the, we're, we're coming out of the age of cruelty and ownage where we were a, a big chunk of the population was taught. Um, not only is it okay for you to be rude and racist and, and belligerent, that's something to be proud of. That, no, that's you should only have come to the surface now. That. Yes, but what I'm saying is um, it, it was always there, but people had at least a modicum of either shame or something about it. And that has so gone away that now it feels like every now and then, I remember in the eighties when I was doing standup, you would get those people. And it was rare that had clearly gone out and with the intent to, I want to start a fight. I want something mm -hmm. to happen because I'm all wound up. Mm -hmm. But now everyone is so wound up all the time. And also I think everyone feels as if someone is getting something over on them that they are ready to jump at any the slightest provocation the whole thing and by the way all that theorizing that i just did was bullshit that isn't even getting close to what is going on there's some kind of mass psychosis what, what were you want to say I make this make say, more sense there there was a time when 
you know, there are some people who go to restaurants who are just assholes, who treat waiting staff poorly and that kind of thing. Bus boys, they just treat them like shit. You know, those people, the people that you say, if they're not nice to the wait staff, you shouldn't be friends with them. But then now this new wave of um, aggression has been allowed to be released and it's not so much be kind, it's, it's that these people are actively yelling at um, people who work in retail and or restaurants regarding the mask mandate. And it's mostly because of politics, really. I think it's changed a lot. I think the reason why we have to say, please be kind is, hey, whatever your politics are, keep it at the door. These are, this is our rules. Please respect the rules of our establishment and keep it together. And, and I do think it's important. I wonder if those people even look at the sign, you know, how like you see a sign and you walk by it, you ignore it anyway. Right. Um, It'd be nice if there was like a person outside, like like Joan Didion, <laughs> Joan Didion, <laughs> or like Carly Simon, to like um, or J- Joni Mitchell is what I meant to say, and oh to be outside God. and be like, "Hey guys, welcome to our establishment. Keep it cool, man." Which is what would really calm people down. I think that we need like the Jerry Garcia at the at opening to everyone's. I, store. I think that would wind people up even worse. We need like a jock or some kind of um, manly man looking dude going. They're making food. You're buying it. You don't need to win this encounter. Be kind. Don't be a douchebag, okay? Yeah. It's a friggin' restaurant. What are you, nine? Um, yeah, but it's interesting. And also, for that question to come here, Michelle's motto was, it's chaos, be kind. It's chaos, be kind. And, and people and... have made that into tattoos, and they've made it into signs. Even my college roommate had that made into a neon sign and put it in her kids' rooms. Wow. In, yeah. Wait, I want to tell you something. Oh. Alice um, had an assignment at school the other day, mm-hmm. and they the question was, what is your favorite quote? And she wrote, it's chaos, be kind. And, and the teacher was like, did you make that up? And she said, no. And the lady was like, I've never heard that quote before. And Alice is like, Thinking to herself, lady, it's all over the internet. Like this has been, <laughs> this was a number one show on HBO. Ever hear yeah, of a? Yeah. Um, but how cute is that? That was her favorite That's quote. That's really it's sweet. It's chaos. Be kind. It's her mom's quote. That's her mom's quote. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're coming out of, we're coming out of an age of cruelty, of performative cruelty. Where That's what it is. You get the, um, you get points for being the biggest dick. Like yeah. that's the, oh my god, it's you know, I, 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 there's so much more I could get into. It's also, it feels like America, America's not going to collapse. America's not going to fall. But I think America is slipping from the number one spot to maybe number three or four, which oh, happens well, with all great countries. As it sh- I And mean, by the way, that's fine. That's where we part stand of the, on education alone, we're not even in the top 26 or whatever. But what I'm saying is, yes, you know, back in the late 1800s, Britain had fallen in terms of child health care and, you know, and, and all these other, effects. but they still walk around like we're the best and ruled the world. And it took a while for them to actually admit, yeah, we're not actually running the world anymore. And I think we are going to need to go through that fall a little bit. Well, I hope we don't, but listen. I uh, actually, look, again, I don't I don't want us to collapse, but I want us to, if we fell at number two or three, that's still fine. We're, this okay. country would still be amazing. And it might calm everyone down. Listen. We need to just get up out of thirty, man. We're not. We're not anywhere. Our economy, the the corruption, everything. It's terrible right now, and it needs to change. But that's not what this question is about. This question is about: Do we think that stores should be putting posters up like this, and or having 
you know, to yeah. remind people. I think they do. I think right now they do need to remind people. Yeah. Or if you're a hostess at a restaurant, say just just a friendly reminder, please be kind to our staff. They're working really hard right now. And also hospitals. Okay, we could go on forever. There's a lot of people. Hey, everybody, uh, can you just be nice? Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Be nice. Hi, Pat and Meredith. My name is Jeff. I'm from Minnesota. I wanted to thank you for your openness about you becoming a widower. Uh, I lost my wife to brain cancer in October of 2018. I was 27. She was 26. There, there are very few examples of men who I could look to for how they dealt with losing their wives, other than like old people, like grandparents and stuff. Uh, I wanted to reach out to both of you and thank you for being such good role models to me for what a supportive partner looks like. Uh, been dating a wonderful woman for over a year now. Uh, we'll be going to your show when you come to Minnesota. Can't wait. You've been one of my favorite comics since I heard Physics for Poets. I pretty much make everybody listen to it. But yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you both. Man, that makes me want to cry. That was really sweet. I mean, again, it, it always and, is good to hear that. And also, he was 27. I, I mean, mean, 47. Lord. Wait, you, yeah, 27 is so young. Yeah. That's so young. I can't but even. This is, okay. Think of how wise and zen and humble he's going to be when he's 47, having gone through what he's gone through so young. The potential and the. The future that guy has ahead of him as an elevated, as a more wired in empathetic being is exactly the kind of person we're going to need in the future. Not that I'm saying it's good that you went through what you went through. I'm trying Obviously, to think, look at what you. the, yeah, what the benefits are and I mean, what you have to look forward to. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, every man usually wants to try to fix the situation and say, here are the benefits of the, that horrible situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh man, I'm sorry that oh. happened. It makes me want to cry. Oh, sweetie. All right. Okay. Um, hey, thank you for calling in. Yeah. That was a really beautiful message and good on you. And just FYI, you will, you will find love again. Yeah. And um, I will see you in Minnesota. Dress warmly. <laughs> hey, Meredith. Hey, Patton. Big Steve from Rochester, New York. Uh, here's a question. And I really want to hear like both your answers on this one. Um, Meredith, Patton, if you had not gotten into like acting and comedy and, you know, visual performance art and stuff like that. If, if say music was the thing that you both got into when you were starting out, um, you know, what kind of direction would have you gone in, you know, I, um, would, you know, like Meredith, would you have been like, I want to be like Belinda Carlisle on the Go-Go's, you know, that's where I would have went. And Patton, would you have been like, Oh dude, I would have went like the Bowie route, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of, music genre uh do you see yourself in you know like now if you had like started out and you were where you are now in your successful careers but it was music you know like w would you have been like Patton, like white rapper you know and <laughs> meredith would you have been like you know wendy o williams you know the plasmatics total punk girl where would you see yourself now well big steve and i love that you call yourself big steve yeah that was a really good question. That's great. Um, uh, first off, I wish I could play any musical instrument. That just seems like the, the best life. I think there's nothing better than being a rock star. I think everyone in the world probably feels the same way. It's like the one thing you have to have so much talent and charisma and every good thing. And uh, yeah, I don't have any musical talent. 
Um, I do have a best friend who is a incredible singer and part of me like fantasizes that I could be as good as her. She's, her name is Nika Costa. She's like a funk soul singer. She's like, if you mixed Aretha Franklin with Janis Joplin with uh, Prince and Mick Jagger, <laughs> that's what, that's what Nika is. Um, but I don't think I, I, I don't think I could pull that off. Like that's just too cool. Well, I see, I would have gone the other route. If I could play it and instrument a guitar, bass, something like that, I would have gone the uncool route and done music uh, like bands like the Pixies, like uh, Elvis Costello. Like, like it would have been very brainy, noisy, that early 90s uh, kind of power pop, They Might Be Giants. That's the route I would have gone. If I could write and perform music like that, but I'd be I would, so happy. I would, I would love be doing that. all of them. Like, yeah, I'd love to be Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, I'd love to be Joni Mitchell. Yeah, I'd love to be... Uh, all of them. I mean, but there's a certain. But it's type not my personality. Post punk garage music that I would love to play because it also just seems like you can just wrench all the aggression out of your body. You must feel so zen when you're done. I think you know what I think I would be. I think I'd be more like a Fiona Apple singer. I would like to be more like a Nika Costa singer, but mm-hmm. I think my inner soul is more like I yeah. don't know. You know what? Maybe I'm Belinda Carlisle. Maybe I'm just nursery rhymes. <laughs> I don't know what I am. <laughs> I do love music, and that's a good question. Nice. Okay. Hi, Patton and Meredith. Uh, Patton, huge fan, have been for a really long time. Meredith, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you through your podcast. Um, But to keep this short and sweet, Patton, one of my absolute favorite shows ever was The United States of Terra, and your character, Neil, in that show um, I think was just like kind of the epitome of just a kind human. Like obviously there was some stuff going on, but just like really, really kind and thoughtful and very patient. Um, and I wanted to know your favorite memory from that show and whether you were as sad as the rest of us were when it was canceled. Thanks. I was very sad when it was canceled because I knew what Diablo had planned for uh, the next season. And it was going to be really, really interesting where um, Tara really tries to cure herself and it would have been fascinating. And the other thing that made me sad, and it links to my best memory of the show. Um, I was sad for selfish reasons because at table reads, um, Tony Collette would come in with her in her sweatpants, with her uh, Frappuccino and would cold read these friggin' scripts in front of us and go into all of the different altars at the drop of a hat, and it was fascinating to watch. I don't know why they didn't film them, but I remember the cast would, we would look at her and then just look at each other going, I can't believe I'm witnessing this right now. It was amazing, and I will always miss that, and always, always am so happy that I got to work with Toni Collette, because she's an amazing actress. Well, I haven't even seen that, and considering that was my major, multiple personality. Well, you should watch it, because it's incredible. I mean, that wasn't my major. That was my thesis, but Mm -hmm. psychology was my major. Anyway, I'm interested in alters and all that kind of stuff. That's a very good question, and thank you. I'm happy you're getting to know me, too. Don't our callers have really nice voices? They actually do, or they know how to record themselves, because my God. She's really like, just a beautiful- Well, I really enjoy your- Anyway, I like that. Yeah. All right. Um- we will see you next time and keep those. We love these speak pike messages. They're, they're, they're fascinating. So thank you. Yeah. Keep them coming. Mwah. Have a great day. Bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to. Hey, did you get my text at gmail.com?
And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Star Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.